SatPod. Episode 184 of the Spanish Announce Table podcast, a podcast about the wonderful, wonderful world of professional wrestling. It is, uh, I was going to say October. Nope. It is November the 9th, 2017. My name is Warren Barris. Joining me today is nobody. It's a solo show again for only the second time in the history of the Sat Pod. And this one comes with me still being kind of sick. So if you hear any extended periods of silence, it's probably because I've muted my microphone to hack up a lung. Also, in case you can't tell, you're going to hear some noises like that because I have halls constantly in my mouth to try and fight. The aforementioned cough. So uh, we're going to get through this uh, as best as I can. Uh, I've done this once before. I didn't think it went well. You guys thought it was okay, and that's, I guess, all that really matters. So we'll uh, I'll do my best to let everybody know how things go. Um, we The reason we missed last week was because of my sickness. Uh, also, some scheduling conflicts. It would have been me and maybe one other person, and I didn't really feel up to it. So I we just waited which is unfortunate because it was actually a really good week last week. And then uh, today happened and uh, nobody else could make it today for legitimate reasons, which is totally fine. It's, it is what it is. Real life comes first. This podcast at the end of the day is just for fun and we love doing it as much as you guys listening to it, like listening to it. But uh, we got to do our, our, our real things before we can do the, the wrestling podcast. So there's no worries there for anybody who didn't make it in today. There's no heat. There's no... Axes being dropped upon anyone, no bludgeons being brothered. Uh, we're still gonna be all good. It's just that, uh, well, shit happens. So, uh, we should be back up and running as normally for next week. But I didn't want to miss this week, uh, because obviously it was a crazy wor- week in the world of the WWE. They did a lot of things, which we'll talk about uh, a little later on. We'll do the news as usual and uh, an email as it sits right now. Perhaps more than one email by the end of this. Only time will tell. Uh, first, what have I done in the last two weeks? Well, this past weekend, which did not help the sickness in any sort of way, was the uh, Extra Life 24-hour video game stream. I did this as a part of the uh, Talking Reckless podcast, our brother podcast, if you will. Uh, you can check them out on Twitter, at Talk Reckless Pod, and uh, you get all their links and everything you need right from there. Uh, we went 24 hours, legitimate 24 hours. It's not easy, but if you were listening earlier this year, uh, I actually did another one of these 24-hour video game streams. Uh, I think it was in the in the spring sometime, and, but that one was with uh, a dog rescue facility here in Edmonton, and we didn't get together for that one. We just all kind of did our own things at our own houses and just made sure to stay awake, essentially, and that one sucked a lot because there's nobody there, right? So it's super easy to do that head bob, nod off, and then you're out. Whereas having people there to talk to and just, I don't know, hearing noises, it helps a ton. So it actually, I think this one was slightly easier than the last one. Uh, And we ended up raising like $3,700 as a team, which is unbelievable. So uh, thank you to anybody who donated. Uh, That was a really good time. The video, I think, on demand is, uh, is still up there. There's a lot of WWE, but... I'm going to assume that there's no audio to it because we played the version with the music in it and they probably have already ripped that. If they haven't, they will now because I just talked about it and now it's out there on the internet. So, whoops. Um, 
but yeah, if you want to go check out any of that, that was good. Brando, I know, also did the same thing. Uh, I'm not sure his money totals. We can ask him that next week. But um, yeah, I think that was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back as far as my sickness because um, obviously, as I mentioned, I was already sick late, late last week having not done the podcast on Thursday because I wasn't feeling great. And then I stayed up for 24 hours and that was just... That was it, man. It get, it vaulted me downwards into the abyss, and I have never been that sick before in my life. Like, just constantly coughing. Uh, everything hurt because I was... I'm not the fittest individual, in case you didn't already know that. So coughing using all of those, and I'm using air quotes, abdomen muscles, quote, unquote. Uh, I was just... I couldn't even barely breathe without it hurting. My voice started to go... It, I've never had to miss work, a day of work in my life, and I had to miss two this week because of this fucking thing, and I hated it. Like, it's this weird thing of when you're a kid, you're like, ah, oh, sweet, sick day. I don't got to go to school today. I want to watch fucking prices Right all day long. I'm going to masturbate like 20 times. It's going to be great. What a, what a great day. And now it's all of a sudden I'm 25, and I mean, maybe it's because I re- legitimately enjoy the job that I do, but I several times throughout those two days found myself just being like, ah, oh, could be doing something right now. I could be working. Why am I not working? I should just go to work. I could make it through this. No problem. Problem is, is that in order to work on the radio, you need your voice. And when I'm <coughs> coughing literally every 20 seconds, there's not a lot I can do. Plus the fact of if I come into work, then I'm spreading those germs and other people are going to get sick and then their voices aren't going to work. And it's just sicknesses and radio stations do not mix whatsoever. So, uh, yeah, I had to miss some time because of that. But that's okay. Woe is me. Uh, it's the season for sickness and that shit happens. So what can you do? Not a lot. Uh, other than that, I just, uh, Brando and I beat Cuphead. We played a lot of Cuphead over uh, over the last little bit here, and we finally beat it last night when I was feeling better. Uh, finally went back to work yesterday, being uh, Wednesday. There's one of those silences for you. Um yeah, we played uh, Cuphead last night, finished it off. Man, man, that is a good game. Holy, if you haven't played it yet, uh, you should because it's visually unbelievable. It's like the old school Mickey Mouse cartoons where they draw frame by frame by hand and like, oh, art is amazing. Um, and the gameplay is really fun too. And it's hard, like crazy hard at certain points, so. That was a very fun game. That'll be uh, on my game of the list, uh, game of the list year. That's right. Game of the year list at the end of the year. So that'll be good. Uh, Anything else? You'd think that I would be prepared and have written some things down to talk about over the last two weeks. But my life is not really that eventful. Has it been? When was Halloween? Halloween is probably two weeks ago, right? Ninth. Yeah. So we haven't even talked since before Halloween. Good Lord, it's been a while since we did a podcast. Uh, we did The Howler, which I guess maybe it's better to just wait for Brando next week so that we can regale our drunken tales together because we did uh, my work event. Um, we do an event every year around Halloween called The Halloween Howler, and we were both at that, and things got a little sloppy. So maybe I'll, uh, I'll hold off, and we'll talk about that next week, assuming that Brando's back. Um I got nothing. I'm running out of things to say, so I guess that's my cue to uh, jump over to the news. And now.
Spanish announced table news. Warren Bears. That's me. I usually say Brandon Lynch there, but he's not here. Uh, all right. The biggest one bit of news over the last, I think it was a week ago. If not, it was before the last podcast and we didn't get a chance to talk about it. So we'll just talk about it right now. Chris freaking Jericho is in the news. Um, I, again, I'm not the, uh, far from the expert on things outside of the WWE, but Chris Jericho going to New Japan seems like a pretty fucking big deal to me, uh, and clearly it was received as much as well. If you've been following on Twitter at all, Jericho and Kenny Omega have kind of been going back and forth for a good couple of weeks now, I think, and, uh, well, there was a reason for that. Uh, was announced at the uh, New Japan Power Struggle 2017 event. Chris Jericho is going to challenge Kenny Omega on January 4th at Wrestle Kingdom 12. This was uh, the actual the video. The way they revealed it was really cool with Omega cutting a promo. Uh, and then Jericho's music hits and he's on the Titan Tron and cuts a little promo. And it's it was really cool. Like this, I don't know if this is what they're trying to do or if it's just Jericho wanting to get out there and do some things, or if he legitimately respects Kenny Omega. I believe they're both from Winnipeg, too. I think Omega's from Winnipeg, so there might be that tie-in. I'm not sure exactly what the motive is here, but I will say that this has made me want to watch that card, and if that's what gets me into New Japan, which is a very distinct possibility, then this is genius for that reason alone. Uh, For another reason, I mean, it's going to be great wrestling, right? Nobody's going to deny that a Jericho-Kenny Omega match Nobody looks at that and goes, yeah, that's probably going to fucking suck. It's going to be good. We all know it's going to be good. So I think that this is uh, brilliant. Can't wait. Can't wait to check it out. Super stoked for that one. So that was some big news. Uh, that was everywhere, man. Like, legitimate news sources were sharing that on my news feeds, which is pretty crazy. That's always kind of the bar that I set where it's like, okay, well, if this is just that wrestling page sharing it. Is it really that big of a... But it was everywhere with the day it was announced. So that was pretty cool to see. Um, What else do we got for news? I feel like I'm missing a big one. So if I do end up missing something big that happened in the last week, and you're listening to this podcast, and I get through the news, and you go, what a dumbass. He didn't talk about... I'm sorry. I, I looked and looked, and I'm like, well, it seems like I got most everything. So hopefully I don't miss anything too blatantly obvious. Uh, One of the things I did want to talk about is that apparently uh, Luke Harper and Eric Rowan Wednesday night, so that would have been the 8th of November, the day after SmackDown, uh, appeared at a WWE house show in Leeds without their new Bludgeon Brothers gimmick or entrance. None of it. All completely dropped. They came out to uh, Harper's music, their old tag music, essentially, um, and uh, they had a match not as the Bludgeon Brothers. So I don't know if that was just a... They didn't have their gear or if they're completely scrapping the idea. I kind of hope it's the latter. But who knows? I think it looks really stupid. At first, I was like, yeah, okay. Let's see how this goes. But then they started using the hammers and they look like they weigh about 10 ounces. Like, they look super light. Not intimidating whatsoever. I just, uh, why, 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 why are we doing this? Why do they need to have some shitty 80s-style gimmick attached? It just doesn't make any sense. So I hope they're dropping it, but we'll see what happens with that. 
Other news coming out of SmackDown this week. Uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn were reportedly sent home from SmackDown uh, uh, for the rest of the European tour. They were sent home um, for disciplinary reasons for, quote, conduct deemed detrimental to the company after going off script on SmackDown. This is uh, from Meltzer on his Wrestling Observer Radio. Uh, Zayn versus Kingston match and finish went as planned, but the issue was the post-match where Owens and Zayn left instead of staying and feeding for a New Day attack. Some sources say that this was a complete miscommunication, and it's not like Owens and Sammy refused to get beat up by the New Day. Uh, there were rep- reportedly no issues related to Owens and Sammy being mad about putting the New Day over. So, I don't know. Take that for what you will. They got sent home. So, obviously, somebody backstage, whether it was Vince or anybody, somebody thought it wasn't a good idea. So, they got disciplined. Um, and that's just the way that is. I, I don't know. if Maybe it's just, a, you know, setting the precedent that, like, you can't, you can't mess around like that. If you screw up or if you do something off the book, then we got to punish you for it. Because if we let this one slide, then who's to say that, Somebody else can't do something deliberately and just pretend it was an accident and then they get let off, right? I think maybe that might factor in as well, but I guess we'll find out on, uh, as we go through this. Boy, Sammy's really taking that uh, that heel gimmick literally, hey? He is being a dick. Uh, all right, that's all the news that I have, I think. I still feel like I'm missing something, but that's, um, that's all I see. So that's all you're going to get. Let's jump over uh, to Monday Night Raw. Now get the guns, the drugs, from my generation, I'll take the fall. The saints, and across the nation, and it's a sense to cause the face of fraud that messing with me. Manchester Arena in Manchester, England. Jolly old foggy England town. I only say that because they legitimately showed a shot of the outside of the arena and it was actually foggy and it made me laugh out loud that foggy old England town was in fact foggy old England town. The uh, The show opened with an episode of Ms. TV featuring special guest Kurt Angle. Angle denied he had anything to do with the cane attack on Daniel Bryan last week. Miz got upset that Angle didn't apologize for what happened to Curtis Axel, and Angle made a non-title match between Miz and Braun Strowman for tonight. Angle, every now and then, still gets super fired up, like when he said tonight at the end of this promo, uh, it's going to be you and Braun Strowman tonight! Like, he got super crazy fired up, which uh, I like, but it's it just he picks the weirdest times to do it. Uh, also, the Daniel Bryan thing from last week, Ah, I don't know how I feel about that. Like, I get that it's a way to make him take a bump without taking a bump. The one thing I, the one thing I will say from a technical standpoint that I really liked was the light coming off of his phone to light up his face so that you could at least see him kind of. That was genius. Although at the same time, anybody with an iPhone knows that if you hold that thing up to your ear properly, that light doesn't stay on. It shuts off. So I guess a bit of a... Stuck in the middle on that one, but I just, I don't know why that needed to happen. And I was a little disappointed that at no point in time did they ever really tie into the whole team hell no thing. 
seemed like an easy thing to do. Uh, that it wasn't an angle orchestrated attack. That it was some sort. I don't know. And anyways, it's a thing that happened. Um, I saw a lot of people immediately after that last week's uh, Raw tweeting out, "Oh, he took a bump. He t- that means he's coming back." No, idiots. It was an implied bump. They fooled you, you marks, you idiots. That's okay. Um, first match of the night, quote unquote, was a guitar on a pole match between Jason Jordan and Elias. Um, Elias came out first with the light spotlight. Said he wanted to sing a song, but he couldn't because he didn't have a guitar. The fans wanted him to sing Wonderwall. Which, if you haven't seen that video of them in the UK uh, earlier this week slash late last week performing Wonderwall, it was Elias, the club, Gallows and Anderson, as well as uh, Bo Dallas all in the ring. And he starts playing Wonderwall, and the whole crowd was singing along, and Anderson's doing his weird dance. And, like, it was funny. It was damn funny. I quite enjoyed it. I did uh, just underusing Gallows and Anderson still, and it fucking bothers me. But that's besides the point. Uh, Elias got the guitar down first. Jordan wrestled it away uh, and then hit him in the back with the instrument for the win. That's pretty much all it was. I think this was fucking stupid. I hate this program. I don't know why it continues to happen. And I I, I don't know if I just always forget the rules of a, on a pole match or if they change them all the time or both. But I always thought that if it it was just whoever brings the item off the pole first is legally allowed to use it. To the point where when he hit him with the thing or with the guitar and the bell rang, I was like, yeah, yeah, get DQ'd, you dumbass. But then the bell rang and he won. So it's just the first person to use the object, regardless of who brings it down off of the actual pole, is the winner. I don't know. It was dumb. It was really dumb. I hope that's the end of it. All right, Oscar defeated a jobber. She continues to look good. That's what I'm forgetting. The releases. I knew there was some shit that we were missing. Uh, WWE released Darren Young, uh, Emma, Summer Rae, the fucking douchebag from Tough Enough. I don't know his real name. He was the Yeti or called himself the Yeti. Josh something, I believe. Uh, oh, why do I feel like I'm missing one? I said Darren Young. <sighs> I don't remember the rest of them. Leo Rush got in some heat because he tweeted out a jokey tweet about Emma. This might have been two weeks ago when we already talked about it, but that's okay. Um. Oh, oh. Uh, Sawyer Fulton was the other one from uh, the original Sanity. He got released this week as well which seems a little unfair that he just got hurt and they removed him from sanity and then just fucking kicked him to the curb but maybe there's a reason for that um yeah so there you go that's what i was missing i knew that there was some stuff in there uh the reason that i remembered that is because with them releasing emma it it baffles me even farther that they did what they did with oscar's debut because the only reason that I was able to at least kind of somewhat accept the fact that Oscar didn't just run through Emma on that first pay-per-view as well as the Raw um, was because they didn't want to have their own talent that they had kind of quote-unquote established with Emma 
be just destroyed. I, I, I can, I can, on a certain level, kind of sort of understand that. I still think she should have fucking just ran right through her and destroyed her. But the fact that they were obviously had a conversation about what she was going to be doing in the company, and less than a week later, she's released. It just goes to even further baffle me as to why you wouldn't have just destroyed her and then released Emma and be done with it. Like, I just, I don't, I don't get that at all. Uh, that's just going to bother me, I think, moving forward. But now they've just moved Oscar into these jobber matches, which I don't know why you didn't just do that from the start, too. Um, unless the Emma thing was a last minute decision, which I find hard to believe personally. She was, in her defense, the one that legitimately surprised me. Darren Young, obviously, he's been injury riddled and hasn't really done much. They've given him a couple cracks and he's never had any sort of success with anything. Um, Summer Ray, same thing. I always thought that she was actually really good, uh, but she never really amounted to much. Uh, and then Sawyer Fulton was obviously not around very long to, to know anything about. Uh, so Emma was the one that legitimately surprised me the most, but at the same time, you're not super like, wow, what a waste of, you know, like I'm not expecting Emma to show up on ROH and do big things there, which, and she might, I'm not saying she can't. I'm just, that's kind of where she, where she rests, but I digress. Uh, Samoa Joe, who returned last week in, uh, what I thought was an actually really, really good return. I love the way that he just walked out. Um, although it was a little confusing just because it was at the tail end of a women's segment. So Nia Jax is walking up the ramp when Samoa Joe's music hits and it's just like, what the fuck is going on? But that crowd last week was really, really stoked on him. Uh, I love that Joe, Joe, Joe chant to his theme. It is, uh, really cool to watch that happen. So it's cool to see him come back. Uh, still a heel for some reason, which I'm not sure I'm too crazy about. He is a good heel, but just when a guy comes back, it always seems easier. Um, or more... Makes more sense to have him come back as a face, uh, but that's okay. They didn't do that. Smojo wrestle was set to wrestle Titus O'Neil. This was set up because of last week when he beat Apollo Cruz, and then Titus O'Neil got in the ring, turned his back on Samojo, and then he put the uh, coquina clutch on Titus O'Neil as well, and uh, made him tap out or passed out. Uh, so he was supposed to. <coughs> Excuse me, that's the sickness. I swear it's not puberty. Uh, he was supposed to wrestle. Titus O'Neil, but Joe attacked Titus before the match started, beat him down, grabbed a microphone, issued an open challenge to anyone in the back, to which Finn Balor answered the challenge. Finn Balor is becoming the uh, open challenge guy on Raw because he took Kane's open challenge and also lost that, which a lot of people were pissed off about, but we've talked about that already. Um, Samoa Joe and Finn Balor ended up being a no contest, which is better than Balor losing. I'll give him that. The match ended in a double countout when the two men would not stop brawling at ringside. Kurt Angle came out, uh, made both men sep uh, separate, and then just randomly made them both members of the Raw Survivor Series team. You guys are insane. You're fighting each other so much, and you clearly hate each other a lot, so now you're on the same team. Okay, cool. See, it's Survivor Series. Like The the build to this Survivor Series, and may, it, it, it very well could have been like this all along, and I'm just, for whatever reason... Noticing it now, but it just is so weird to me having these teams that they're trying to be on, but in order to be on these teams, you have to fight the other people that are already on the team. 
like the Rusev thing with Randy Orton. Randy Orton's already on a team. Why would Rusev want to fight the guy that he's trying to be on a team with? It just it's super a weird way to do it, but it it is what it is, I suppose. Um, all right, so yeah, Angle put them, so they're both on uh, Team Raw, which Kurt Angle is going to be captaining, as we found out. Uh, Sasha Banks and Bailey defeated the team of Alicia Fox and Nia Jax. Uh, Alicia Fox tapped out to the Banks statement after the match. Fox appointed Banks to the Raw Women's Survivor Series team. So that team is one short. I think that's the only person. Yes, that's the only team that doesn't have, uh, that isn't full, that has that one left spot. And apparently uh, there's going to be a triple threat match between Bailey, Mickey James, and Dana Brooke in order to be on that last, uh, on that, on the Raw team, fill that last spot. I assume that'll be next Monday on Raw. Uh, Braun Strowman defeated The Miz. Uh, if you didn't see Strowman's return last week, um, well, you, <laughs> I want to say you didn't miss much, but you did kind of. There was, he got thrown in the garbage truck, which is how he disappeared, right? We all know that. And that, that was cool, I guess, because it cr- compacted him and we all knew that he wasn't, he's not dead yet and he's still alive. And so then this bag of garbage shows up in Mrs. Locker room and he starts freaking out because, oh, it's got to be Braun Strowman. And then it's just like a garbage trail where it's like, really? Braun Strowman's going into your locker room to leave a bag of garbage to fuck with you instead of just running in there and beating you. Like, he doesn't have to play mind games. And then they had this whole thing where they're in, the Miz and the Miz draws are in the limo, and this garbage truck backs up, and Braun Strowman, like, rises from the ashes like he's fucking Jason Voorhees or some shit because it was the day before Halloween. I get that. But it's like, Jesus, guys. Come on. Like, I get that that's kind of what you're doing with him is that he is the WWE's Jason Voorhees. He's been fucking hit with an ambulance and now thrown into a garbage truck and compacted and still walks like a week later. But, my God, it was a little cheesy. Just him poking his head up over the hood of that car was very, very dumb to me. Um, And then the subsequent sprinting after the Miz on that ramp when he ran up the... The limo car. The man can move pretty quick for a big man. I'll give him that. Uh, Braun Strowman defeated The Miz. The match ended via disqualification as Kane came out and attacked Strowman. Miz and The Miz joined the beatdown, but Strowman was able to fight them all off, and he hit Kane with the running power slam um, to end this uh, this little segment here. So we're going with Kane and Strowman. If you don't like it, too bad because it's happening. It's probably not going to be great. I don't think it'll be shitty. Or at least I hope it won't be shitty. I'm optimistic that it won't completely suck, but it's obviously not going to be a five-star classic. So get your expectations appropriately set for this match. Uh, I think it's kind of cool, actually, because Kane is a guy that's been around for forever. He kind of almost transcends wrestling. Like, that was the one guy that people who didn't really watch wrestling knew. Like, he kind of broke out of it because of his look and that mask, and it was an easy name to remember. Um and I think it's it's cool that he's kind of paying that forward by giving Braun Strowman this quote unquote rub to Yeah, you're the you're the new monster now once this is over. At least I hope that's what ends up happening. And as I've said before, I think Kane, who has been around long enough, has earned the right to do whatever the fuck he wants, and we are not allowed to bitch and complain about it. Regardless of how good he or not good he is at wrestling in his later days. 
uh, which I'll be the first to say he is not. He is by far the worst in the ring, I think, right now. He's allowed to do this because he has been there for forever and hasn't really gotten injured that much and has been around and done what he needs to do. So I think it's a, it's a cool little matchup. I'm stoked on it. That's all I'm saying. Uh, and then Enzo comes out after uh, after that, cuts a long promo, which the announcers randomly just started talking during. I don't know if that was designed to happen or if it wasn't. Either way, it was super confusing. Just me trying to figure out what the fuck was going on. Kalisto um, came out, picks up a chair and sits at ringside, and then fucking Pete Dunn's music hits out of nowhere. But then Kurt Angle walks out. So Pete Dunn's music is playing. Kurt Angle walks out and introduces Pete Dunn. What what the fuck is going on? Like that just seems so bad. Why wouldn't if why wouldn't you have Angle come out and say, "All right, Kalisto, I've given Kalisto the night off, which is why he's sitting in the chair. And he wanted to get a front row seat to this match because it's going to be a pretty interesting match because for the first time ever, wrestling on Monday Night Raw." UK's own, and then you do, and then his music hits. Like, it's just, why why waste that pop? It would have been so much better. And I legitimately didn't see this coming. I don't know. Maybe it was rumored or around or something, but I don't know. I thought it was could have been better. And I also don't know what this means. I didn't watch 205 Live. I know that they were involved on 205 Live this week, but, like, are they just on 205 Live now, all of them? Or is this just because they're in the UK and they just wanted to do this for the sake of doing this? Like, I don't... What what was all of this? Very, very confusing. The match itself was actually somewhat decent. I didn't think it was that bad at all. Uh, Pete Dunne can do no wrong as far as I'm concerned either. But uh, Pete Dunne picked up the win over Enzo uh, with the bitter end. And then Kalisto got in the ring and raised Dunne's arm afterwards. And that was... That was kind of it. So it was uh, like a whirlwind of just, what am I looking at right now? What what does this mean? Where are we going with this? What the fuck is happening with that UK supposed TV show? Is it happening ever? Because we're almost at the one-year mark of that first original tournament, and that title has flipped once, and there's been three title defenses? Four, maybe? Ah, I wish they would figure that out sooner rather than later. Um, your main event was a Raw Tag Team Championship match. The Bar and uh, DeShield, Ambrose and Rollins. This was set up because Sheamus and uh, Cesaro talked to Angle backstage and said that they want the opportunity to represent Raw in the tag team match, that nobody wants to see Shields versus the Usos, and they want to see um, DeBar versus the Usos. So they said, uh, Angle said he would give him one more chance to do this. And that was your main event for the Tag Team Championships. Um, this uh, was... All right, so this is how this all went down. Uh, in the middle of the match, the New Day showed up in the exact same spot as when SmackDown... Uh, well, I guess I should say as uh, when Shane McMahon uh, walked down the ramp with his roster of people right where the shield always comes down, essentially. Um, the New Day show up with their Team Smack or their SmackDown shirts, the Team Blue shirts, and cut a promo that was referencing the Skitty Beat Pop Pop guy, which I'm sure you've seen that meme on the internet at some point. By at this point, except for Boris, Boris, if you're listening to this, it's okay that you don't know what the kids are talking about. You'll you'll understand one day. 
Probably not. Um, I think that's what they were referencing. Anyway, I wasn't even 100% confident when I wrote that down here, but I think that's what it was. Uh, they got this whole pro- program or promo about how this was under siege too, essentially. And then Angle rallies the troops, and they have these shots backstage of everyone coming together on right behind Angle. And I just it, they are they are so bad at like they are obviously given the stage direction of okay, boys, you're fired up, you're 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 ready to go take on the other the bad guys, and they're all like just running. I'm like yeah yeah, let's go, let's go, let's go. It's just this like general hum of them being let's go get them, fellas. Yeah, fisticuffs. Put your dukes like it just it was so. So cheesy, but that's okay. Uh, Angle leads them out to the ring. You can see that Angle is scanning the arena, which I thought was actually pretty good on his part, the little things. Uh, He eventually sends the roster up after the New Day, which they do uh, run up there. And then uh, as this is happening, Sheamus hits the bro kick on a distracted... I don't even remember if it was Rollins or Ambrose, to be honest with you. I think it was Ambrose. Uh, hit it on him and got the pin. Therefore, Cesaro and Sheamus, a.k.a. Debar, are your new Raw Tag... tag. <coughs> uh, excuse me. Your new Raw Tag Team Champions. Tried to fight through that one. And it was not happening. Um, and they will face the Usos at Survivor Series. So that is one match changed a week and a half out from Survivor Series. Uh, and the vibe that I got from this, and I haven't actually looked to see if this is a legitimate rumor or not, but um, I, I feel, I get the feeling that they're heading towards uh, three on three between the New Day and the Shield because they're already talking about Roman Reigns is back next week on Raw. And the New Day was quick to point out that the Shield was the last line of... No, no, sorry. It was Sheamus and Cesaro that pointed out that the Shield, consisting of Ambrose and Rollins, were the last line of defense for Team Raw when SmackDown attacked that first week. And the New Day was quick to point out that they were the ones that were leading. So I think maybe that's kind of where their mind is at. Uh, So I'm assuming that this will be another match added to the Survivor Series card. Is it just a regular six-man tag? Maybe even elimination as well between The Shield and The New Day. So that might be where they're headed. Uh, That was the end of Raw. They did not fully attack. It was all a ruse. Uh, And we have yet to get the Raw answer to those attacks as well. They've only got one episode of SmackDown left to do it. So maybe maybe that's just it. They're taking the high ground. They're not going to go after these punks because they don't have to. They're the A-team. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do
just a train wreck. I tried to warn you. I tried to warn you at the start of this that it was going to be bad. Here we are. First major fuck-up. Although, I guess more than halfway through, it took to get my first major fuck-up, which is good, I guess. Uh, SmackDown also running from the Manchester Arena in Manchester, England. That's a horrible accent. I'm sorry, but that's, I feel like I need to do it because it's awkward being here by myself. Every now and then I look up at that glass and realize that nobody's there except for that weird Tiger Woods cardboard cutout that's always in that room. Kind of scares me every time I look up there, but I realize that I'm all alone. Like, there's nothing I can do about it. I hate it, but there's nothing I can do about it. So we'll just keep on rolling. The show opened with Shane McMahon and The New Day. Shane said Daniel Bryan will return next week. Um, and then he's very upset about the events that occurred to Mr. Bryan. And he said uh, SmackDown is still on high alert for potential retaliation for Under Siege 2. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn interrupted and said SmackDown will lose its Survivor Series because of Shane. Shane then booked a match between Zayn and Kofi Kingston. Kofi defeated Sami Zayn. Uh, Owens tried to get involved but was run off by Big E and Xavier Woods. Kingston won by pinfall, and that was when that whole thing that I talked about was supposed to happen, and it didn't, and then the uh, Quebecois were sent home to Quebec for their actions. Randy Orton and Rusev had a match for the fucking nine billionth time. They teased that goddamn RKO spot right at the start, too, and I was losing it. I thought they were going to do it again, legitimately. I was like, don't you fucking, come on. At least give us a glimmer of hope that Rusev's going to make this team. During this match, if you missed this, that's okay. But I am sad for you. Um, Twitter has doubled the character limit as of late. Like I think it rolled out even just within the past week. So it's up to, what, 280? Because I think it was 140 before. So I think it is up to 280. If I'm wrong, I guess let me know. But... Uh, during this match, you know how they always put up the tweets at the bottom that are, you know, random people watching, random marks put up whatever, and if you use hashtag SD Live, they might put your tweet on the broadcast. Well, they did. For one guy who used the 280 characters brilliantly and put It's Rusev Day and had fucking 220 Ys at the end of his sentence. It was brilliant. It was it was hilarious. I laughed very hard when I saw it. Popped big for it. And I, I don't know what I enjoy more. The fact that he actually took time to put all those whys in there. Or that whoever is in charge of deciding what makes it to TV as far as a tweet goes decided to include that one. Because that was a brilliant idea as well. So, who on both ends. Well done. Seriously. Well done. Unfortunately, Randy Orton defeated Rusev in this match. Um... That yeah, was the first spot on the Survivor Series. SmackDown men's team, Orton pinned Rusev after hitting the RKO. Um, Aiden English did uh, Rusev's entrance again. I think they uh, they do work well together. It's just fucking... God, Rusev was there, man. He was there. He was right where he needed to be, and they fucking have ran him into the ground. I think that's bullshit. They should be getting him back. I think this Rusev day is brilliant. It's something that he can use to get over, and I think that that's great. I don't know if it's a face turn or what it is that he needs, but they got to get him back up because he's better than what he is being used as right now. Uh, we had a lumberjack match. The first time ever, they've never called it a lumberjill match when it was involving women. Although at the same time, there was a man in the match. So 
was kind of uh, history in the making, so to speak. Uh, Becky Lynch taking on James Ellsworth in a singles match. And I don't throw around the term catches catch can very loosely. But let me tell you, did it ever apply to this match? If this isn't on your match of the year list come December, then there's something wrong with you, my friend. That's totally sarcasm in case you can't pick up on that. Um, yeah, this was weird because I don't think, like, you can't have Ellsworth do much to her, right? Like, he had her him push her a couple times, and that's fine, but like, you can't throw a, even a work punch on her, right? You can't do moves to her. You, you can. I know that there's intergenital wrestling. I, I get that that's a thing, but the WWE has never really gone down that road outside of a spot here or there. Usually accidental, like the Steph spot from WrestleMania, right? Like, that. that's kind of the line as far as that stuff goes. Uh, but for whatever reason, out of fucking nowhere, they decided to just do an intergender match. But I think maybe not necessarily out of nowhere based on how things ended. Uh, Ellsworth tried to run away, was stopped by the women on the outside. Charlotte Flair threw Ellsworth back in, and he pretty much immediately tapped out to the disarmor. After the match, Becky was standing in the ring. Uh, Carmella got in there, got in Becky's face, and then hit James Ellsworth with a super kick and left. So, I'm I, assuming that that's it for Ellsworth. I don't know when he would have signed that one-year contract, but I bet you it would have been around this time last year because that would have been him and AJ. So, perhaps his time is uh, officially come to an end. Although he was at that Leeds show, the night, uh, the house show after uh, SmackDown, where he had every single women in the SmackDown women's roster do a move on him. So, I don't know. Maybe that's just his new thing. He's going to be in the women's division. Uh, Shane McMahon made a SmackDown Women's Championship match between Natalia and Charlotte for next week's SmackDown Live. They're really teasing you with anything can happen, I think, is kind of the idea they're going for. Look, hey, this tag title's on Raw change. We got this other tag, or we got this other title match, and I think the U.S. title's on the line next week as well with Sin Cara, who I thought was hurt this week, but who knows what the fuck's going on there. Um, so yeah, they're really teasing this whole... Well, you think you thought what you knew, but now you don't know what you do know. That makes sense, right? All right. Uh, SmackDown team Tag Team Championship match. Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin taking on the Usos. Uh, Gable and Benjamin won by countout. So, obviously, the Usos retain their titles. Um, Jey Uso took a chop block from Gable, and then Gable crawled under the ring. Uh, a lot of people thought that Jey Uso legitimately was injured here, but he also worked that house show on Wednesday and seemed fine. So I think he was just, he got you, Marks. He got you. It did look pretty rough, though. Just the way he bent. It looked like he wasn't ready for it. But I don't know. Hey, that just speaks to the Usos, I guess. They're good at what they do. Um, are, who Are Benjamin and Gable heels? Because the, the chop block... And then he rolls under the ring, and then Shelton Benjamin looked happy when they got counted out. I just, I, I don't know what the fuck was going on there. Like, what? Wouldn't you be upset that you, your, your teammate just screwed you out of the tag title shot by not allowing this guy to get back in the ring? I don't know. Maybe I'm putting too much in thought into that, but that's just kind of what I thought. Uh, WWE Championship match: AJ Styles and Jinder Mahal. All night, all I could think was, God, I hope this is at least a good match. 
because obviously there's no way that AJ Styles is going to win this title. They've already booked the uh, Jinder Mahal and Brock Lesnar with the promos and the segments and everything. I just hope it's a good match because that's something that you can't really say Jinder has had. I still don't think that he's had as bad of matches as some people like to think, but I will not say that they were good by any means. Um, And I figured if anyone was going to get one out of them, it would be AJ. I think this match had some pretty good moments. I would say probably the best match in Jinder's run as champion. Uh, And everything that I said before this when I was hoping for the good match was completely false as well because AJ ends up winning this match after a phenomenal forearm um, and is now, as they said on SmackDown, facing Brock Lesnar at Survivor Series. Obviously, that could change again. I don't know if Junior's going to cash in that rematch next week or if it's somehow going to be a triple threat match. Either way, it's fucking interesting that they did this because to flip the tag belts on Raw is one thing, but to flip your main title picture with Lesnar is like a whole other level of what the fuck is going on. And that match, AJ and Lesnar, are you kidding me? Like, that's huge. That's massive. And I think it'd be really, really good, obviously. Um, Yeah, so it's just, it's crazy that they just, this is just a thing that's happening. So we'll see what happens moving forward with that. Uh, That was the end of SmackDown. For whatever reason, they decided to have Shane just tweet out the fifth member of uh, the SmackDown team, and that's John Cena. That's not something that you want to do on your TV show? You're just going to tweet that one out, hey? Part of me wonders if that is... uh, directly correlated to the decision to have AJ win that title um, because I think that John was going to be the special guest referee for Jinder and Brock at Survivor Series. So now that um, now that they don't need that, I guess, um, they're going to put John in the Survivor Series match? Maybe? Like, I don't know how last minute this decision was to flip it to um, to AJ. Like, I, part of me wonders if it was, like, right before they walked out or if it was even during the match or if they had it planned out all along. This is what they wanted to do. I don't know. Could be the SmackDown ratings as well because they haven't been all that hot. But regardless, things are changing in the world of the WWE, and I'm going to cough now. Good. Okay. That's uh, that's SmackDown. Uh, let's do NXT. Because I did actually watch that this week. You're welcome. It's a service that I provide for you fine people. I think I do a somewhat decent job of it, except when I'm by myself, then I fucking completely suck. Uh, My God. Heavy Machinery are the greatest tag team of all time. Like, I... Fuck, I love these guys. They defeated Sean Maluda and Chris Payne. Um, Maluda looks a little different. Looks better, in my opinion. Um, kind of forgot that he was still with the company, to be honest. He was in the uh, Cruiserweight Challenge, as I like to call it. Uh, heavy Machinery are great, man. All their moves are genius. They use their own size to their advantage. That fucking finishing move with the body slam, like World's Strongest Slam, and the flat, uh, the cross body to his back, dropping him on the other guy. It's fucking crazy, man. I There's so much fun to watch. I think Dozovic is—he's got some things going for him. I—I I really do think that there's some stuff that can happen there. And let me remind you that I was on that train from the day he signed. I took one look at that guy and said, "Boom, that's my boy." 
and I'm glad that it actually paid off for once. <laughs> um, yeah, big, big fan of them. They're so much fun. Kyrie Sane and Billy Kay had a match as well. I didn't actually watch that match because I, uh, well, the recording screwed up, and I just didn't feel like going out of my way to find it. So, um, but Kyrie Sane won, so that's that's nice. Zelina Vega, who is just brilliant, by the way, she is so good at that manager role. She declared that nobody can beat the new and improved Andrade Cien Almas, uh, which is good. I, I think that that match actually is somewhat interesting to me, which I wouldn't have said a month ago if you'd have told me that that's where they were headed. I probably would have laughed at you, but I'm I'm looking forward to that match. So that's a good thing. They've done a good job of that. The Velveteen Dream defeated Cesar Bononi. Almost called him Boney. Um, man, the Velveteen Dream is great. And I, I saw somebody tweet it out, and I don't know who it was, so I would give credit if I did. Um, they tweeted out that who'd have thought that the only guy left from the most recent season of Tough Enough is the one guy that actually liked wrestling and not the fucking supermodel-looking fucking guy with a beard that's big and large. Yeah, yeah, anyways, Velveteen Dream is the last remaining guy, in case you didn't know that he was on that last season of Tough Enough. Now you do. Main event, Bobby Fish, uh, or sorry, Roger Strong and Adam Cole was your main event. Uh, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly interrupted. Uh, leading to a massive brawl amongst uh, the War Games teams. So, obviously, Authors of Pain came out and helped as well and uh, hyped up the uh, hyped up the hype for that match, I guess, is the way that I could say that. Um, I still don't really know what to expect from that or what that's going to look like, that War Games match. Is it, just, is it going to be exactly the same? Is there going to be some slight tweaks to it? I'm interested to check that out. It'll be... Uh, It'll be pretty cool to have a look at that. Okay, that's your week of wrestling. I got through that part. Now let's go through the emails part. Oh, good. We got two. There you go. We got one more. That's good. You guys helped out a little bit. To be honest, I don't know if I want much more than that. The old, uh, the old voice is getting a little hoarse here. First email from Gizmo. Subject line, flying solo? Hello, Warren. Guess it must be a bad week of wrestling since no one else is there for you. Well, no, actually, it was a great week of wrestling. It's just that scheduling and conflicts and bears, oh my. Uh-huh. If you ever figure out how to Skype people in, I'm glad to take over for Scotty. I got plenty of ridiculous stories. Noted, Gizmo. Absolutely noted. That being said, I'm not sure that we'll ever be able to figure out the Skype thing. But By God, will I try. My best. Just like we're trying to get that prize out to you. <laughs> Here's some questions for you. One, how would you like to see, uh, sorry, how would you like the Sammy and KO storyline to play out? That's a great question because I don't want it to play out anywhere near anything similar to how KO and Jericho did. Because it's essentially, it's the same story. I just don't want that same thing to happen. Now, I don't know if it's as easy as having um, having Sammy be the one that screws over Owens or if they just stay together for a really, 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 really long, t- long time. I, I, don't, I don't really have an answer for that question. I'm not sure how I feel I want it to end. I don't want it to end anytime soon. So maybe that's part of it, too. I just haven't had enough time to really think about it because they haven't been together for that long for me to see 
kind of what they're getting at just yet. I think they are really good together. Sammy is is really really tapped into this heel character, uh, which is good because there was a lot of I don't know if he's got it in him because he just looks like a baby face, uh, but that fucking douchebag smile is is tremendous. So he's good at doing that. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't I don't have a real clear cut answer for that one yet. But once we get a little farther into it, maybe uh, maybe we'll have something for you. Two, did you like the intergender match with Becky and Ellsworth? Do you think that in the future, WWE could go the way of the indies and do more matches like that? I did not like the match, as I said before, but I think that's more because it was James Ellsworth. So I, I'm not I'm not hating on intergender matches because I know that they there are some very, very good ones out there. I've seen clips of very, very good ones. Um, I, I just, I don't know if I see the WWE ever going down that road. As much as... You can argue that it is all inclusive, that it's that it's well, the women should have just as much of a chance. I just don't know if I believe that a woman, even of Nia Jax's stature, would ever beat somebody of a Jinder Mahal stature, right? I mean, there's obviously there's situations where I think Nia Jax could is very believable in beating Enzo or any of the cruiserweight guys or even some of the non-cruiserweight guys. I get that. There is situations where that works, but there needs to be a certain level of believability in doing these matches, and I just don't know if it's there enough to be able to do it as a constant thing. I could be wrong. Maybe that. Maybe they are headed towards it. I, I don't know. I just don't know if there's really, really, really any benefit to it. That, I guess, is the bottom line. Three, do you think Jinder will win the title back so he can go to India as a two-time champ? Whew. I don't know, man. Like, I really don't know what the reason for this title change was. I would have thought that they were going to let him have a long run. I Like, a long run all the way to Mania. I was thinking he would hold it all the way to Mania, holding that title ransom, essentially, and that was going to be where John, uh, where Cena gets his... Um, 17th, the record-breaking one against the anti-American at WrestleMania. It just it wrote itself. Not to say that that still won't be what happens, if, that he doesn't win it back. It's just that that's kind of, I thought that he would just hold it for that long. I just, I, I feel like they are worried about ratings to the point where they want that title on AJ Styles because he's at least doing something. He's selling merch, whereas I think a lot of people just don't care about gender which is unfortunate because I think he's been okay in this run. He hasn't been great. I know that, but he hasn't been horrible. He hasn't been turn off the TV bad at any point in time for me. Um, so I, I, I just, I, I guess I'll answer your question with a question. Is that why did they take the title off him in the first place? Is that the reason just to make him a two-time champ? Because they've done that in the past because for whatever reason, the more title runs you have, the better, as opposed to one really long one, which is fucking completely backwards. But that's besides the point. Um, yeah, I, 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 it is possible. It, never say never. He might win that title back next week on SmackDown, and this match still goes ahead as as planned, and this is all just a one-week swerve. Who knows? Four, any embarrassing stories about Brando that you want to share, or even Scotty? No. I, Brando has no shame. And we've 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 come in here and share our embarrassing stories as they happen. Scotty does the same thing. Like none of us give a fuck. That's the that's the bad part is that I don't have any dirt on those guys because the, there's no dirt to be had. They'll share their dirt before I have to. 
myself included, like I don't really have any embarrassing stories other than like, I don't know, the couple of times that I shit myself, which I've told at least one of those stories on this podcast before. So I don't, unfortunately. I wish I did because that, that's a great question. But I'm sure if you if you wrote in next week or a week when either one of those two are here, that they would give you some sort of an embarrassing story of their own. Five, not a question, but I think you have plenty for the year-end show. Uh, okay, Scotty's fight. Brando fails at sex. Uh, there was a great episode where you talk about if you fell down the stairs, how would you have to get medical treatment in the stairwell? I laughed so hard people were looking at me like I was crazy. The drunken night singing with the Uber driver was good. Maybe you can't top last year, but there was some gold. That's why I always come back. Until next time, keep on being a chubby chaser. Gizmo. Okay, perfect. That's good. You you are right. There are some things. Uh, Gizmo, if you would like to help us out, and by us I mean me, and at least try and help me narrow down what episodes those are on, that would help a lot. I mean, I probably can find it, but if you at least know a ballpark of it was during this month when these happened, then that'll help too. So, And that goes for anybody, not just Gizmo. If there's something that you heard, please, please email. And if you can get it down to an episode, that's great. If you can get it down to a timestamp, that's even better. Help a brother out because uh, there's a lot that goes into making that year-end show. And sometimes I just don't find the things that I should because I can't remember this old weed brain of mine. You know, marijuana affects the memory, or so I'm told. I think. I don't know. I can't remember. Duncan writes in an email. Subject line, sorry for being late. I was on a date with a girl. Good for you, buddy. Uh, do the sat pod guys, or should I say guy? Question mark. Hope your days have been spiffy and spliffy. Question time. Uh, one, do you think the Survivor Series card is as stacked as it's been in years? Whew. Yeah. Yeah, because there's like there's WrestleMania match on there, matches on there. Like that AJ Brock match could easily be on a WrestleMania. Yeah, you're right. That this this is the best one they've had in a long time. As far as the actual card itself goes. I think that storyline of two years ago, three years ago, with uh Ziggler and all those guys being uh the ones that took down the authority and that the authority crumbling. I thought that was a really good angle, and it made that match seem really, really cool. But, um, yeah, no, as far as as far as a whole entire card, you're right. This is definitely the best uh, that it's been in years. Question two. What are your favorite Survivor Series cards that you can remember? 2003, I think. That makes sense. Let me just pull that up because I want to be sure that it is the one that I'm thinking about. Um, yeah, that's the one we talked about last week, right? It is, too. See, that's not the one I was thinking of. What was it? Sorry, I'm reading. this. See, this is where having somebody else to talk and stall for time would be of great assistance to me. Um... Yeah, okay, no, 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 it is, because that was the, the, yeah, okay, so the reason that I liked it was because it was the catalyst to give Chris Benoit his eventual push that led to him winning the Rumble, that led to him winning the title, that led to him bringing the title to defend it here in Edmonton, his hometown, and our very first pay-per-view ever, Backlash 2004, which I was at. So that whole string of events started 
as far as a viewer is really concerned at Survivor Series with him being, well, him and Cena being the uh, sole survivors for Team Angle. Uh, coincidentally, that was also kind of the real start of Cena getting that push up to his first singles title uh, because he would eventually win the U.S. title at WrestleMania 20 in 2014 from Big Show as well. So it's it, that was one of the ones where I first realized what they kind of used Survivor Series as was the official start on the proverbial road to WrestleMania uh, by using that match to get these younger guys over. Well, not necessarily younger guys, but the guys that they want to push over and starting them to climb that ladder up to a Rumble win or whatever it is. So that is definitely uh, my answer to that question. Question number three, do you have any guilty pleasures when it comes to music? Uh, now mine is bad, and you have to promise not to tell anyone, but it's Post Malone. To be honest with you, I don't know who Post Malone is at all. So I'm going to look up Post Malone top songs. We're going to experience this together. Congratulations is what the first one says. Okay, you know, I've seen this guy. I As soon as I see him, I have seen what he looks like. Gonna run this fucking ad here, um, so I'm familiar with his what he looks like. Now, will I know his song? That's the real question here. Let's uh, let's find out. See what we can't get here. There we go. Post Malone. Some auto tune ass auto tune. I'll tell you that. Not that there's anything wrong with that. He's a white dude? He looks like a white dude. A lot of tattoos. Okay. I don't dislike that, so I don't know why that would be a guilty pleasure. Usually when you're talking guilty pleasure, it's something that you should not like, but you do. Like, for example, Creed. Definitely my number one guilty pleasure. They are bad. There's no denying that. They, well, no, 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 no. Scott Stapp is bad. Everybody else from that band is is great. Mark Tremonti is is one of the greatest guitar players in of all time, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but the band as a whole and their lyrics and those songs are they're, they're bad. They're not good. But I love the hell out of them, primarily because I think Human Clay was the first album that I ever owned i think i got it for christmas i don't think i bought it but either way i think i think that would be up there um i mean diane or it's not really a guilty pleasure either because i think they're fucking rad and i really like them a lot see what i, see what I did there i think okay um what else nsync i i really like the boy bands because i mean growing up in the 90s being a kid uh it was either like there was there was a line drawn in the sand where it's like the girls like the spice girls and the boys like the Backstreet Boys. NSYNC wasn't even, at, at least at our school, NSYNC wasn't even in the conversation. Although I did also very much like them as well. That No Strings Attached album is great joint, let me tell you. It's a really good album. Just got paid on there. That's a fucking heater of a jam. Uh, four, how do you think Jason Jordan will turn heel? Oh, shit, did I even talk about the fact that he's on that team? Kurt Angle added him to that team. I don't fucking understand why. The only thing I can think, the only thing I can think, and that is the answer to this question, is that he abandons Team Raw and by screwing over Kurt somehow, and it sets up them to have a match somewhere down the line. That's that's the only thing I think. Because it makes no sense to me why the fuck Jason Jordan would be on that team. There's no reason 
at all that he should be anywhere near it. Especially when you've got, like, fucking Kane, even. As, as far as booking, he's run through some of the top names on that fucking roster. And he, he doesn't give a sniff. Even the fucking Miz, he's like, I know he's already in a match, I guess, and that that's why he's not there, but there's so many other guys that it's just, why? Why do you fucking insist on having him ram down our throat? But again, I, I'm not completely writing it off because there is a potential that maybe it's something that leads to Kurt Angle being fired because he's playing favoritism or, I don't know. I don't know. There's always the potential of that, but I think that's a great way to turn him heel is to have... Maybe it even comes down to just him and Angle. Father, son, or the last remaining two for Team Raw. And he turns on Angle and leaves him hanging for the tag. And Angle gets destroyed or something. I don't know. That would be a cool way to do it. Five, with the UK guys showing up on Raw in 205, uh, do you think we're going to see more of guys like Pete Dunne in the future? I think we should see more of guys like Pete Dunne in the future. But I still think that they're hinging on this whole UK network show thing. That they want that to happen but they haven't been able to make it happen for whatever reason. And that's why they haven't used them more than they have. They're kind of in this weird limbo right now where it's like, well, we don't want to start using them on TV because if that fucking UK thing ever comes through, then we're going to have to take them off TV, and that's just a weird thing to have to do. I think they are all well-deserving of it because they're all very good wrestlers, specifically Pete Dunne. You could put him on the main roster of Raw Tomorrow, and I would be 100% okay with it. It's separate of 205 Live. Like, he he's amazing at what he does. Um, but I, I, I just I don't think they will until they uh, figure out that UK show. Six, with news that Johnny Gargano is going to fight Pete Dunne for the UK title. What? I didn't know that. Do you think the UK title will become like the US title where anyone can challenge for it? Well... They assume that Johnny Gargano is not from the UK, so I guess that's where they're headed. I didn't know that this is even a thing. Gargano versus UK champion Pete Dunne. Huh. At TakeOver, too. Oh, but it's not going to air on the network? What? Let's get, uh, I'm just going to read this as we go here. Announced Johnny Gargano. Oh, it's the dark match. Does that mean that it's going to be on NXT, or is it dark, dark match? Because if it's a dark, dark match, then that shouldn't technically count as canon, I don't think. It is weird that they're doing it at all, but I guess it's just a reason to give Pete Dunn just to get him to wrestle without having it be one of the same fucking six guys that he's already wrestled numerous times. Maybe that's just all that boils down to. Um, ba, 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 ba. who do you think is the best commentator in wrestling right now? Corey Graves. Without a question, Corey Graves. If we're talking fully rounded, if we're talking just as, as far as a polished broadcaster, it's Michael Cole still because he's fucking tremendous at what he does. Um, but if, if you're talking as a character and guy who gets it the most and the guy who I enjoy listening to the most, it's fucking Corey Graves leagues. Leagues above everyone else. Moro, Moro's right up there with him, but Moro's a straight shooter, just calls the action, and is very good at that. Corey Graves is fucking, oh, he's he's money. Licensed to print money. Eight, where do you recommend as a good place to eat in your area? Jesus, are you coming here? Let us know if you are. Um, Christ, good place to eat. I mean, is it cliche to say West Devon Mall? It's a big, giant, dumb mall that we have here. It's got some places to eat in there. I don't know. I'm not a big, like, fancy restaurant guy. 
just happy getting a fucking cheeseburger from some fast food place, obviously, if you ever seen me, than I am fucking going anywhere to get a gourmet meal. So I'm not the best person to answer that question by any means. If I had to pick somewhere to go, it would be to Mrs. Boris's house because she makes a mean chili. A very, very mean chili. And that's me putting her over. Well, well deserved. Don't, I'm not just doing it for no reason. Uh, she, she's a very good cook and a very nice lady. Um, eight, what tournament would you like to see WWE throw next? I don't know, man. I think I might be term- tournamented out right now. Like, can we take a break on the tournament? Although, no, no, I take that back. Let's do the Dusty again. I like a good tag tournament. That's one you can do every year that I, they haven't done this year um, for whatever reason. I would like them to do that. But other than that, let's slow it down on the tournaments. I think uh, I think we're good. A Lucha one might be good, like specific Luchador wrestling. But even then, I just let's, let's slow it down on the tournaments because they don't lead anywhere other than like, I mean, the thing with the women's one is now there's this mass entrance of all this new women talent, which is good. It's never a bad thing to have depth, especially in NXT, but... Um, it just doesn't lead anywhere, I think, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, nine, with the news that uh, Jericho is fighting Omega, do you think Jericho might be scouting talent or doing anything else while he's there? I mean, it's possible. I don't know if, if he... Like, he doesn't owe the W... Well, I mean, <laughs> that's not. I shouldn't say that. But it's, he's, he's not employed by the WWE to go over there, if that's what you mean. He might be scouting people for his cruise. That would make sense, but I don't know if that's why he's going there. I really think that he just wants to do something different because his wrestling days are going to be numbered very, very soon. And uh, why not? Why not go over there and have some fun and fucking tear the goddamn house down? Makes total sense to me. Um, 10. Who do you think is the next person to be released, and why do you think it should be them? Jesus, the next person to be released. Oh, I got to look at the the list here. Let's see. Um, um, Oh, Bo Dallas, maybe. Um, Dana Brooke. Would make sense. I mean, she tries, but I just don't know if it's... uh, David Otunga. Boom, boom, boom. David Otunga. Don't need him. He's useless. He's not wrestling, obviously, for whatever reason. He can't do commentary. Nobody watches those goddamn pre-shows enough to care who's on them. And those that do, like I said, won't care. So the fucking David Otunga is right at the top of my list. Is there anybody else on here that I think is even close? Well, James Ellsworth. But again, I think he's just done. His contract will run up. It won't be a necessary release. Um, ah, uh, the ascension. Nah, the ascension. They, 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 they'll, they'll do okay. I might seriously consider Eric Rowan. I think Harper is too good of a talent to let go. I just Rowan has done nothing. He's got a cool look, I guess, with his beard, but. I didn't, yeah. If if he got axed, I wouldn't be surprised by it. You could name any one of the cruiserweights. Um, 
I don't know, does Neville count? Can I vote for Neville? He's probably going to get released sometime soon. Paige, at any moment, could have some sort of scandal that leads to her getting released. That wouldn't surprise me at all. If Scott Stanford on the fucking superstar page. What the fuck is that? Um, rolling through here. Tony Chimmel is still on there, too. Why? Yeah, that's about it. There. I rattled off a couple for you. Um, 11, do you guys at, uh, do you guys at talking, what? Do you guys at the talking reckless think you'll ever play Jackbook? What? We're not talking reckless, Duncan. You, you're writing to the sat pod. Do you guys at the talking reckless think you'll ever play any Jackbook games on stream? TKO would be right up your alley. Well, we did that at the, uh, at the 24 hour stream. We played a lot of Jackbox. And I fucking dominated at it. I did not lose a single game to the point where Matt Eats thought I was cheating. So I'm kind of kind of really good at those games. It's primarily because of my job that we just do like our prep and our topics are based on the most ridiculous news stories that we see on the internet. And like all that Fibbage game is is talking about ridiculous stories on the internet. So I knew the answer to almost all of them. Uh, 12, what's your go-to mixed drink? Rum and Coke, brother. Always. Stiff rum and Coke. Like, real stiff. Three-quarter rum, one-quarter Coke. That's what I'm talking about. I uh, hope my questions helped. Love you, bro. Keep on being a one-man band, baby. Duncan at Brian Danielson with a one instead of an I. Sweet. All right, thanks for the emails, guys. Uh, Sapot316 at yahoo.com if you want to write one. I would gladly welcome them for next week because Lord knows who's going to be here, who's not going to be here. I'll be here one way or another. You're going to get something out of us next week because it's the go home to the Survivor Series. And uh, that title, is, well, I want to say is coming back home, but Boris hasn't come and picked the damn thing up yet. So it's just going to stay home, essentially. It's got his plates on it, but still at our place. So. You know, you'd think a guy would want his title if you won it. That's discussion for another day. Uh, that's going to wrap things up. Uh, I picked Survivor Series 2009 for uh, the song today on that pay-per-view. In a dark match, Santina Morella defeated Chavo Guerrero. Uh, Team Miz defeated Team Morrison. Team Miz consisting of Dolph Ziggler, Drew McIntyre, Jack Swagger, The Miz, and Sheamus. Defeated Team Morrison, consisting of Evan Bourne, Finley, John Morrison, Matt Hardy, and Shelton Benjamin. Five-on-five Survivor Series match. I think that was the ECW team. Yeah, that would have been the ECW guys, I bet. That's totally what that is. Uh, Three, Batista defeated Rey Mysterio by knockout in a singles match at six minutes and 50 seconds. I don't remember that. Uh, Four, Team Kingston. Kofi Kingston captained the team. How about that? Christian, Kofi Kingston, Mark Henry, MVP, and R-Truth defeated Team Orton, uh, consisting of CM Punk, Cody Rhodes, Randy Orton, Ted DiBiase, and William Regal. I remember that feud. That was when Kingston was his first ever real solo push, and they did that match in Madison Square Garden where he jumped off the table and did the boom drop to put Orton through that other table. And then they just gave up on Kofi. For whatever weird reason. But that's okay. The Undertaker defeated Big Show and Chris Jericho. 
uh, by submission in a triple threat match to retain his World Heavyweight Championship. Team Mickey, consisting of Eve Torres, Gail Kim, Kelly Kelly, Melina, and Mickey James, defeated Team Michelle, consisting of Alicia Fox, Beth Phoenix, Jillian Hall, Layla, and Michelle McCool. I believe that was when Lay Cool were champions, and they were making fun of Mickey for being fat. Just tremendous storylines back in those days. And your main event, John Cena defeated Triple H and Shawn Michaels in a triple threat match for the WWE Championship. I believe this was still in the DX reboot era. So it was their first uh, match against each other since reforming the D-Generation. X, the theme song from that show is Get Through This by Art of Dying. What you're going to be uh, enjoying at the end here. Uh, we'll be back next week with a new podcast, probably a better podcast because this one wasn't very good. I went longer than the last time I went by myself, so that's kind of nice. Uh, you can follow us in the meantime on Twitter. I am at the Diesel Barris. You can find Brando at Brando1990. Scotty is at ScottBox64. At BB Boris for the PWA Hall of Famer. At PWA Wrestling CA for all of their news. And uh, they've got the Christmas Slam coming up. Uh, what am I missing here? Talking Reckless Podcast. At Talk Reckless Pod, I believe. And I think that's it. I'm going to go home and fall asleep now. And hope to God that doing this podcast by myself for the last hour and 18 minutes hasn't completely destroyed my voice for tomorrow. Fingers crossed. The sacrifices I make for you guys, you know. Uh, all right, get through this by Art of Dying. We'll be back next week. Until then, keep on bludgeoning your brother. Woo! I've seen better days, yeah. So satisfying. It's hard to find identity when you're the king. Yeah.